All right. Welcome to the first episode of a new show that focuses on what's happening in wine country. Who are the people? Where are the places? And what are the things, all the happenings in wine country? And actually, we've uh, come up with a pretty clever title for this show, too. It's called What's Happening in Wine Country. <laughs> there you go. My name is Mike Brady. I'm one of the co-founders of a company called Wine Country Rents. And our job at Wine Country Rents is to provide rental power, rental lighting, and rental air, and a few more things to uh, the people, places, and the things of wine country. Uh, our focus is really targeted from Santa Maria all the way up to Soledad, the 101 corridor, and all of wine country here locally. So, um, we thought it'd be something of value to you guys to be able to put this podcast together and, and give you some uh, uh, just uh, valuable information each and every single week about, week about what's happening in wine country. And uh, we thought we'd start off the inaugural episode with actually Wine Country Rents first ever customer. And we brought in Matt Merrill, who's the owner of uh, the owner and general manager of Pomar Junction Winery. So we brought Matt in to share some of his wines with a couple other locals, uh, a local musician from wine country named Todd Andrew, and a local mom from wine country and tennis sensation, Jen Martin. So we brought her and Todd in and Matt actually is going to teach us how to uh, taste wine today. He's going to talk about his wines, and then we just kind of dive into really uh, what's happening in wine country. So uh, without further ado, I give you the very first episode of What's Happening in Wine Country, and I will tell you that uh, after an hour and uh, 20 minutes of, of drinking wine, it uh, starts to get a little bit uh, swirly. So hope you enjoy the first show, and we will talk to you guys soon. This is episode one of What's Happening Wine Country. We need a big intro, though. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Todd. He's working on an uh, intro for our show. And really, this is an experiment. I have no idea what we're going to do today as far as uh, how it's going to flow and who's going to stay sober enough to get through the whole show. <laughs> um, but really, the goal of this show is to just invite people of wine country in to enjoy wine and food and talk about what's happening in wine country and also uh, really to just get to know the people of the wine country. So uh, I invited Matt Merrill from Pomar Junction. He is our first ever guest on what's happening in wine country. Good job. Hey! Well, we have studio audience. Oh Matt is, uh, Matt's the owner and general manager of Pomar Junction. Mm-hmm. Winery here in Templeton, Creston, what, what, what Templeton are, address. Templeton okay. address, okay. Mm-hmm. And then um, I've got next to him the uh, Templeton mom, we'll call yeah. her. She's the Templeton it's mom. The Jen Martin mom. is here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yes. And then we have the Paso wine drinker, uh, mm. Todd Andrew. That's right. So we've, we've got the Templeton mom, the Paso wine drinker, and the Templeton uh, vintner. Yeah. So Vintner? Vintner. Vintner, yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's why you're here. That's, right, that's why you're here, yeah. And I'm Mike Brady. This is uh, What's Happening in Wine Country, brought to you by uh, our company that is called Wine Country Rents, and we are a division of CCPS. And Matt Merrill happened to be uh, CCPS and Wine Country Rents' first ever customer two years ago. So okay. I just uh, that, that was one of the reasons why I reached out to him first to, to do this show with us, uh, to thank him and then to have him just showcase his wines and teach us how to wine taste today. 
Right. So uh, mm-hmm. tell us about Pomar Junction. Uh, it's a family-owned and operated tasting room just about five miles east of Templeton. Um, it's on the roads El Pomar and South El Pomar, so that's why we came up with the Pomar Junction name. It's the junction of the two Pomars. And uh, my family has some train history, so there's a caboose and boxcar out there. So we kind of uh, celebrate my family's history with the trains, so you don't really see that at every tasting room around Paso, so it's a little different. And Templeton used to be a historic train stop, so that's another reason we kind of have that train theme. But um, we've been managing vineyards, or my dad has, since 1980. And back in 2002, we bought this property in Templeton. And uh, he was asking me, it had like 40, 40 acres of vineyards, and uh, he was asking me about um, if he should purchase it. And at the time I was graduating from Cal Poly, and I said, uh, well, if I'm going to be the manager, and uh, he said there's a house there where I could live there. So I said, yeah, I think you should get it. And that way I have a place to live and a, a place to work. And so um, and a place to drink. And a place to drink. <laughs> I started making my own wine then that I ended up using for, for my wedding a few years later. So. Yeah, it's uh, been since 2002 is when we first bought the property in, in Templeton. Awesome. Yeah. And you grew up here? Yeah, Paso. Paso. He grew Paso. up right next door to this, these people that would jam all day and make noise. Right next door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, our properties are right next to each other. And, and then you guys still own that property and it's uh-huh. a bed and breakfast? Or not it's a bed and breakfast. It's a VRBO right now. Vacation room. My parents, uh, they still like the house a lot, so they don't know if someday they'll go back or not. But right, right now they have a property that but they're waiting for the neighbors we to die. use <laughs> we have a property that uh, that uh, has a bunch of vineyards on it and a nice house so uh they're living in the vineyard right now yeah awesome mm-hmm. very cool and jen martin tell me about yourself well what, what brings see. you to one country well i'm a mom of three but uh what led us here is my husband uh he was transferred out here and that was probably the best day of our life. So we've been here now in December, it'll be two years, and we're loving it, and every day is an adventure, and I, I still, I just feel like I'm on a permanent vacation. So I mean, I can't moan and groan too much about anything else, so just happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Awesome. How old awesome. are your kids? Oh, so three girls, um, fifth grade, she's 10, Aspen's 10, okay. then Harley is sixth grade, she's 12. 11 <laughs> and then mckenna is a freshman and she's 13. Okay. so and which one's your favorite <laughs> <laughs> oh they're all mm-hmm. oh my god no. right yes but if you had to choose one <laughs> okay yeah. todd yes who are you what are you all about what well, brings you to wine country who are any of us really if you think about it if you really think about it what are we no, um, I'm Todd Andrew, and I came to wine country in fifth grade when my parents moved here. And then after high school, I was like, I got to get out of here. So I got out of here. And then about eight years ago, I came back. And it's a whole new wine country. And when I, when you're in high school growing up here, it's a small town. You're like, I'm going to go away. I'm going to be a rock star, man. And then that didn't happen. No. Uh, so I came back and uh, I went to Los Angeles. Okay. I know, how cliche, right? And um, yeah. But coming back, it's like a whole new place. And I was like, my original intent was like, I'm moving back. You know, I'm going to Paso, but I'm not going to stay here. And then I'm like, why do I want to go back? Like, this place is kind of awesome now. So I am not going back. I'm staying here. So, mm-hmm. 
And it is kind of the same thing where I feel like I am on uh, permanent vacation. Some some days I'm like, I feel like I'm going to get arrested for having it too easy. Like, <laughs> I just think about some of the things, you know, we do around here, like having drinks in the middle of the day. Um, like most people, you know, I should be at a job or something, right? I should be, I don't know, but um, we're doing this. And, so. and you talked about what you do for work? I make music. From your house. From my house. I make music from my house. In yes. wine country. In wine country. I know, right? Yeah. How cool you is that? Say wine country as much as you can. Uh, wine that, country. I make yeah. wine country uh, music in yeah. wine country house. And um, Drinking wine country wine. Yeah. I, I have a little studio in my house. I do music for television. A lot of the stuff you hear in the background of TV, like sports music and stuff like that, you wonder, who makes that kind of music? I make that kind of music. And um, so it's cool uh, working from home, although I like to get out of the house because sometimes you can get a little stir crazy. And, uh, but I got a house, I got a dog, I got a hot tub, uh, <laughs> I got cable television. Wow. Dude. Like, like a grown-up. You're set up. <laughs> like, how, how did this happen? I was, <laughs> when I was in L.A. working at, you know, crappy record store jobs and stuff, I picture, I was like, man, all I want someday is a house and a dog and a job making music from home and, and a hot tub and I, I just now got the hot tub so my dream is complete so I am so I can re I can yeah I'm I'm there so I'm, what's next uh, there's nothing next this is it for me that's it I'm done so yeah. <laughs> perfect yeah, right. no more aspirations and uh, so I'm just gonna keep doing this and have another piece of cheese mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so the cheese plates were provided by um, Somebody who doesn't even do catering, but she's just an awesome friend. So thank you, Jen, for Jen Westcomb, for providing us with the yeah, plates of nice. awesomeness. Okay. There's all kinds of fancy cheese on there that I don't know what they are, but and then these are really spicy. Yes, they are. But they're cinnamon and spice. They're good. Almonds. So. Mm. Mm. Okay, let's get to drinking. Let's learn about wine. Let me get these glasses over here. Sure. Don't forget the cameraman. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's not going to make it shaky is it? for a while. <laughs> I know, right? And then um, I bought a jar at TJ Maxx just in case anybody wanted to sit there. Are you going to save it? Yeah. You never know. Shout out to local businesses, TJ Maxx. I know I was thinking about that this morning I went through a drive-through and I'm real big on Instagram stories lately yes you are and yeah I'm just I'm trying to learn all of this right so I've been hashtagging everything uh, stay local or whatever you know but then it's like I'm driving through Starbucks doing that you know, Wait, it's got to be a local coffee. Yeah. I know. I, I mentioned on Facebook that I go to Starbucks and people just tore me like, what? Like, what are you doing going there? I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm local businesses. What about Pete? They started off as a local business, man. They say Templeton Donuts has a good cup of coffee. Do they? That's what I heard. Hmm. Starbucks is I've the only Starbucks one open too. at 4 a.m. <laughs> Yeah, you're kind of crazy that. about that. Yeah. 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 By the way, the guys, if you don't know, this guy gets up at four in the morning and works. Out. I think like three fifteen. <laughs> no. How long does it take you to drive yeah, to the I lab did, in Paso? About fifteen minutes. I leave my house at three thirty, three thirty-six, right around there. Get there to the lab right before four o'clock, and then I'm done by five. 
That's like five fifteen. I you know we I, we make funny about it secretly. I wish I could do that, but it's, it's awesome. I because you know, but I like to it's, stay up late at night and drink wine and watch movies, and that just throws the rest of the next day just in the dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I get up at seven. I think that's an accomplishment. It's like yes, I can get early start today. <laughs> Sunday, you never know. Yeah, I'm already here and then back home by seven because wow. I come here to record a podcast for CCPS every morning and then go. He gets up so early, he actually gets up before he goes to sleep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. And and I've recently completed a full year of no alcohol, so uh, oh. this will be my first glass of wine. Or no way. Wow. I got to be here year. for it. Oh, yeah. nice. oh, no. I saved it for a special <laughs> occasion. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Do okay. we have like a train sound? I actually, I, I actually might just uh, spit. <laughs> it's like this is good promotion. It's like let's try some like oh my god, this tastes like crap. <laughs> yeah, that was not used to the alcohol. Huh? All right, so let's talk. Let, let's let's dive into uh, three new people walk into your winery for the first time, and you're gonna take us through. Well, this, uh, I guess I just poured our, our picnic Chardonnay, which is also another Chardonnay that you, he was talking about, you could see in the, in the grocery stores. But this is the uh, 2017 vintage. It it only goes uh, into stainless steel tank. It never goes into barrels, so um, it doesn't get oak influence. And it kind of keeps with that kind of a tropical flavor profile, which actually, the grapes for, uh, this is 2017, the grapes for 2018 came in earlier this week on uh, Monday morning. We actually picked it Sunday night, probably used a little bit of Mike's Lights from Wine Country mm -hmm. uh -huh, rents, and then um, and uh, picked this particular Chardonnay. And so you get a little bit more of a tropical taste with it. Um, it's not the buttery over kind of oaky type, it's more of a fresh flavor Chardonnay. I believe they serve this at Griff's down the street. Mm, they do. I'm yeah. pretty sure, yeah. That's local. It's in a few. <laughs> it's in uh, a few different restaurants around the area here. So, I brought the 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 wine wheel for for those who are trying to kind of come up with an idea of what they're tasting. And that was kind of when I went, I went to UC Davis for some wine tasting classes. And this wine wheel is a good way to kind of identify and pick out what your brain is already telling you that you're tasting, but you can't quite identify it. So um, it's kind of a cheat sheet, but as you as you taste more, the, those flavors will come to your head immediately. And so um, on this one in particular, it's on the uh, it's on the fruits, white wine section. There's different sections, more red wines, darker wines, and then lighter wines. And this one's more on the tropical fruits kind of area, almost into like tree fruits, green apple, a little bit apple pear, but more on the on the side of a little bit of um, I guess I get a little bit of guava from this too, and, and melon, kind of more that flavor profile, tropical. And there's some citrus too, actually. And then who does your artwork for your label? This uh, this particular one, uh, my mom matched up a, a local artist, uh, Mickey Sinkarik, and she really liked the way that the the picnic feel had with the sunflowers. Yeah. And then recently we just redid that label with um, the Point Collective, which is uh, a friend of ours, Mandy Chase, who also went to Paso High and then went to Cal Poly Graphic. I think it's graphic communications major and she kind of took it to the next level and 
and added our, our train theme to the label and kind of tied it together with the overall theme of the winery. So it's got a little bit more of a polished look to it now. It's cool. And then also it was kind of cool is the cap. I don't know what I did with that. Oh, uh, they're actually able to, to print. There's like a digital print that company cool. that can print. So I took a piece of this artwork and then put that on this capsule so that and they print digitally on it for us. So it kind of matches the whole packaging of it. So it's kind of fun. I thought it looked kind of cool. We used to have just kind of a yellow capsule, but I thought um, I was getting kind of tired of that. I want to spice it up a little bit, and I thought this cream capsule would print it on would look really cool. So that's what we've done the past couple years. Um, what's it named? Guala, I think is the name of the company that does this. And they're local? No, they're up in uh, like Bay Area, East Bay, um, Fairfield, I think, area. Okay. But yeah, but they can pretty much print anything on there, which is kind of cool. You're probably going to start to see more. As you go around the wine aisles, you'll see more printing and different designs on these on these uh, screw caps, and they can get a little more technical as time goes on. But kind of overall, overall, it's made to kind of catch your eye. So when you're walking through the, if you're walking through a store, a grocery store especially, it's just a wall of wine and you're, and you're trying to decide like which one do I want, maybe you haven't tasted any of them and basically as a marketing and, and with the winery itself, you're trying to make something that catches their eye that they kind of maybe feel that maybe what they're, what they're looking for. So, Do you guys try to um, market to a certain age? or a person or just a stereotype no we're we're more uh you know we're kind of small family owned and operated so we kind of just as a family i'll usually i kind of come up with something that I, i'm looking for and then i'll run it by my wife and and uh my, my parents who are the main owners and mm -hmm. see kind of what their thoughts are on it and then um see if I can kind of push towards that direction. So we all don't really agree exactly which way we want to go, but somebody's got to kind of push for a certain direction. So that's usually just me kind of making it happen. And then if it, if you go through a vintage and something doesn't work, you can always change it is what, I, what my philosophy is. Or you can just change it a little bit and kind of tinker with it. The first year we made this label right here, it had a black line going across here. And for some reason, it was just harder to, harder to read the black line. And I think, actually, no, this was white. It was this, uh, no oak was white. But you couldn't really see that. So On black? It was, it was, yeah, it was just tough to see this no oak with this cream color instead of the black. So there's just small little changes that we'll make to, so it's a little bit more noticeable. So if someone's in the grocery store, they can look at it and realize that it's an un -oak Chardonnay and not a buttery one that someone else may be looking for. So. And so I, I keep forgetting that we're doing a podcast at the same time. So mm -hmm. it's basically a, a uh, picture. The, the bottle has a picture of sunflowers with the train mm -hmm. and the, uh, the, what is that, a train station? It's like a train station that we're hoping to build someday out there at Pomar. It's like a depot train station look. Cool. And actually the artwork of the train stations from my great, um, great uncle. So my grandmother's brother is an artist and he is the one who drew the, the, the label for us originally with this train on it. Wow. So that's some other family tie-in. Was this on all of your wines? It's on a point? lot of them. Yeah. Um, we kind of ventured away on just certain wines like this Costa Pomar Rosé has a different kind of look to it. Sure. Um, 
it's more of a silk screen type label. I can get out a few others just so you can see. This looks like bottle. one that you would probably keep in your purse. This one. Yeah. I actually I have that bottle in my purse right yeah. now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so sneaking into the movies. The different series of hey. wines that you just go straight the bottle right here. But this kind of has that. The train label silk screen. Nice. Usually, most of our that. state wines have this train yeah. label on there, so yeah, that's, that's kind nice. of the tie-in. People know us by this train, so um, we try to put that on the label. Uh, over the years, it's kind of cleaned up. We've had more writing. It was originally the theme of this was a uh, hot springs um, like poster board type look and so there was a lot of writing on it and things but if you're in a restaurant and you think that you're supposed to be reading it it was too hard to read right. so we kind of trimmed it up a little bit and made it a little bit more simple more recently and I actually I brought this Grenache Noir because it's actually uh, Grenache Day mm. Grenache Day so oh, I brought the Grenache Noir today. No, it was a Grenache day. It's a day. day for everything. I knew that. GSM. Mike Brady Day. It's not easy being Grenache. There's a little bit of cab in this one. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a hat or a t-shirt. How many different labels do you guys do? I think we got 28 different wines. <laughs> something like that. Way too many for a small winery, but... Have you decide what grapes to plant? When you grow grapes, we we plant mostly as a, as a farming company. We we manage a lot more acres than just our home uh, vineyards. We manage about twelve thousand acres along the central coast, and so uh, for our particular property, most of what's planted is for another winery that may want it or a spot market choice of uh, at one time or low was easy to sell, and then. At uh, right now, cab has been pretty pretty hot. So the uh, it just kind of depends on what other wineries want because we're so small and we can just take a little tiny bit, a little bit of few acres of grapes goes a long way. So the big bigger wineries or wineries with bigger programs typically um, they typically uh, will tell us if they're interested in something and then maybe we'll get a contract and plant for them. So. Uh, that's that's why we have so many different different varieties because a lot are on the Pomar Junction, the ranch itself. Uh, there's Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Pinot Noir, Grenache Noir, Tariga Nationale, Alianico, Verdello, um, Blanc Francish, uh, Viognier, Grenache Blanc, and uh, Syrah and Tempranillo. And Zinfandel, I'm not sure if I said that yet, but yeah, all those varieties are there. And mostly, uh, a lot of those we wouldn't plant just for ourselves, but we planted them for Wild Horse or for Ken Volk, who used to own Wild Horse, who was looking for some grapes to have for his new brand once he sold Wild Horse. And he knew he bought grapes from my dad since 1980, and he liked the site there because it was close to Wild Horse. So that's kind of how. How that stuff happens why we have so many different varieties out there on that one ranch and it's 100 and was it 135 acres overall on the property at pomar so um there's a it started with 40 planted and it's kind of grown over the years yeah so in 1980 <laughs> my phone. in 19 in 1980 how how many wineries were there in this we were kind of in between Los Alamos and King City managing vineyards in cooler climates. And then Paso kind of got bigger and bigger as, as time went on. So 
we used to manage an 8,000 acre vineyard in King City and then my dad started managing all the vineyards for Robert Mondavi in the Santa Maria Valley okay. and so we ended up picking Paso to live because it was in between the two places and then over time uh, he moved the office here and we started managing for Castor Cellars and then other vineyards around the area and Paso just kind of kept getting bigger yeah. and bigger it was became more known as a as a great place to grow these these especially these red varieties and, and white roan varieties especially so um, over time Paso has grown and a lot of the grapes used to just go outside and there was only maybe 16 to maybe this was just 30 like growing areas yeah. early 80s and then eventually in the 90s is when it seemed to like blow up and then early 2000s it kind of just kept on going so. so do you have a favorite wine that you guys have produced like your all-time favorite um it's like trying asking someone what their favorite kid is. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> that's the same question. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. It depends on the day. I really like our cabs. Uh, I like our reserve zins. Uh, the GSM also. But they're all There's nothing they're all that you've tasted and went, they're, this is in a little bit of tone They're all me. different. Um, I'm waiting. We have a wine called Cab Forward. That is our, our Bordeaux, high-end Bordeaux blend. It has mostly Cabernet Sauvignon with a little bit of... Um, Petit Verdot and Merlot, mm -hmm. and that one is going to be, but it's at right now it's still a little tight, and so it's it needs a few more years I think to kind of age. But that one is, I can just tell is going to be my favorite. Really, it's, it's on its way. It's already up there, but it just kind of keeps getting better every time I taste it, and it's still a little tight because it's just such uh, intense fruit from from the cab with Petit Verdot and Merlot from those and those were all grown there yeah those are grown uh, at Pomar Junction most of it and we got a little bit from San Benito the Petit Verdot because we didn't have any planted of that mm -hmm. and we that's another variety of Petit Verdot that we planted a couple years ago so okay. we will be able to start getting it from Pomar here pretty soon awesome yeah very cool. That is cool. Is anything you guys produce 100% estate? Or is everything... Yeah. Um, well, let's see here. Most of what we produce is 100% estate from that ranch. Uh, there's a few things that um, come from other ranches, so we just kind of blend them together. Yeah. But a lot of the stuff that you see there is 100%. Another thing that we do differently is... Our winemaker, if it's a Zinfandel, it's 100% Zinfandel, or it's 100% Cabernet Sauvignon versus when you when you do uh, a lot of wineries, they're allowed to have other wines in there. Really? And they still call it Zinfandel, but you can still have, I think it's like 25% of another variety and still call it Cabernet Sauvignon, but our winemaker just does Cabernet, and then when the winemaking process, some of the wine evaporates and you have to top it because the air will start to get mm -hmm. in there. So at that point he'll top it with extra kegs and carboys of actual like Cabernet Sauvignon instead of blending Syrah into it because as time goes on it gets it get, it starts to turn more and more into the variety that you're topping with it which could be Syrah or something else mm -hmm. so yeah we're, we're learning as we go we only have one microphone for the podcast oh. um, so I want Matt to point speak, towards the microphone speak okay. to that. come around the table mm -hmm. yeah yeah Ah, we're we're just we're, no, way. we're trying to be technical. Well, that that one's going this, is this is good. This is the podcast. This is most. This is all work in progress. <laughs> I like it. Second one here. Nice. So, what does the uh, the crowd over here think of the the first one? I like it. It's good. good, and I I always I do drink wine, but I don't know much about 
the this stuff. This yeah. I always hear terms people throw out like okie and yeah. this and that. And they always wine people are always doing this. What is that? What does that do? But he's he's mentioned uh, buttery, and now I can kind of see what you're talking about. I'm like, mm -hmm. I, 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 I can't. He's starting to identify different things. With the glove on that one, though, that jump popped out at me. Right after you well, said it. It's funny. You don't. It's like the. Part of it is just mentioning it, and then it also it pops in your head like, oh yeah, that's what I'm tasting a little bit of. I'm mm -hmm. tasting this. Do you ever get people coming into the tasting room who pretend like they know what they're talking about, but you try to like fool them, and then they're like, oh yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all there is. This has a little bit of, of like mossy <laughs> flavor from Eastern Berlin. Earthy. Yes, totally. <laughs> everybody <laughs> thinks this is aged on a chateau in the everybody French countryside. <laughs> yeah, they all have their opinion on how yeah. something tastes and how it came out and how it was made and it could be right it could be wrong so right. you never know sometimes uh, sometimes i'm talking to someone and it's basically uh they're talking about uh very like what kind of barrels did you use and then did you go through malolactic fermentation which is like a secondary fermentation that kind of gives it that buttery flavor and uh and then the next person walks in and then they ask you you kind of explain that to them and then you realize that they don't know anything about wine. And <laughs> so they ask, like, so when do you decide whether it's a white wine or a red wine? <laughs> and you have to explain After to them. It's like a variety color. of an apple where that's right. the variety. It is what it is right. out there. It's not like you can change it and you add coloring and now you call it Cabernet Sauvignon. Right. So, yeah. so do you do one. this in stainless or like the egg? That's stainless. You guys use that egg? We thing? don't use the egg right now. Uh, we have uh, large uh, stainless tanks. And large for us like 2500 gallon they ferment in a couple different of the 2500 gallon tanks and once they're fermented um, we usually clean it up a little bit with that night and then put it into one tank as full as possible and then let it sit there for a few months until we bottle usually this particular wine we bottle mid-january to the next one before I'm yeah. actually going to use this thing. So we got a concert night tonight. Oh, that's right. Uh, tonight, Whoa. what's happening in wine country? Well, tonight is the last? Not the last. Not the last? There's still last? the last of uh, September. But we have train wreck Friday, so um, the last month we do is October. So we got October 5th and 19th still. Okay. But tonight we have the AG or AJM band, which we've had out the past couple of years, and they're a lot of fun rock and roll music, and they do a good job. So should be a good crowd out there tonight. Usually September, kids are back in school, people aren't on vacation anymore, and they're looking to get out and do something in wine country. And it's warm. And it's a nice day. Yeah, it'll be warm. So at this point too, it's for for those of us. Local people, it's kind of the tourist season is starting to die now, and you can start to bit. enjoy what we enjoy again. Right. Yeah, I noticed the attendance uh, at, well, I wasn't to the poorhouse last night, and they said that people are going, oh, yeah. the crowds are getting less and less. <laughs> okay, yeah. trying to get in there. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a and flows. That probably is. You can't have pack them in the night. I've got to go easy on this because my trainer's watching. So. Oh jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your trainer no. Calvary. I go to Bradford Young over at the lab. He's the assistant varsity coach at Paso uh, oh, for basketball. Nice. Okay. And he's got a gym over uh, over by um, Borhon Auto Center. No oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah yeah. It's awesome. Oh cool. He's he's amazing. So. Yeah. Is that right next to the soccer? Place? Yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I was doing, uh, I went to the gym a lot 
got the trainer and did all that, but I realized with the wine it's lifestyle, doing winemaker dinners and things, it was yeah. hard on you. Uh, I went from being fine to getting more hangovers Damn often because you're skinnier yeah. and probably cleaner, and then you go and have a wine or a drink, and then it hits you harder. So. Right. Yeah, so I'd be careful with how much okay. you take the photo. <laughs> yeah. I think, Jen, you just stay drunk, right? Like that's, that's, what, that's, that's what you that's do. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is your Insta hey, oh, your Instagram? There's nothing it? wrong with a diet of wine and like gummy bears. Yeah, right? I just cut out food it? entirely and just uh, that's how I balance it <laughs> out. Liquid diet. You don't yeah. need food. I like sugar. The government yeah. will tell you you need food. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, it's come conspiracy. On. <laughs> that's. I just want to keep wine country in business. Right. Exactly. I'm supporting local business. I hate to Thank see you. the area go to Okay, so what are we drinking here? So we're drinking a new one. It's called Sidetrack White. I'm not sure which camera we're on right now. Sidetrack White. It's a rum blend, 50% uh, Viognier. Garrett's got Facebook, and uh, Ryan's oh, got Instagram. So there's two different competing. Uh, we got we got two live streams going. Two different right live on. streams going on right now. One time. of your live streams said you had 20% battery left. It, it might is the thing. No, that's just the. Phone. That's that. Okay, that's good. The, that's just the the viewer. We don't want. Oh, that's cool. That's what we got going on here. That's the Instagram. Yeah. Nice. So it's 50% Viognier, yeah, 35% Roussam, and 15% Grenache Blanc. Um, all varieties that we grow out there at Pomar Junction and actually the neighboring property where my parents live is where the Roussam is. But uh, it's a very fresh and citrus uh, Rome blend right here, kind of like you'd see if you traveled to, has anybody been to France in this room over here? Mm. Not this week. No. Not this week. Yeah. Well, it's a good it's a good way to really know where these varieties started out and and why they're famous is because they do it right over there. And um, our area here in Paso is very similar to the Gigandas area of France and Avignon and Chateauneuf du Pape. And that's why Talbot's Creek has a winery here on the west side of Paso because they thought it was fairly similar to the everything that they have over there so it just produces it's really nice there's a nice minerality to this wine uh it doesn't taste flabby or flat yeah so it's back to the, the fruit wines over here most likely um this one i get yeah a lot more of these tropical fruits the passion fruit guava kind of all down that that direction i think more so than than the last wine it really sticks out i didn't know flat something could taste flabby Flabby is a taste. It's a taste. Yeah, it doesn't. It's like not cutting. You know, it's not like a sharpness to it. Like it just kind of flat and flabby and on its last legs. Yeah, that type of thing. It's not this is a more fresh kind of flavor profile. So flabby kind of comes across where the acidity is dropping out and it's just not crisp, basically. Hmm. I'm getting bottled waters out. Just All right. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? Can we have one of those meal prep things too, please? <laughs> I've always wanted to do an interview wearing sunglasses. Oh jeez. Like a rock star. Perfect. Perfect. Right. This is your first one. This is my first one. I've always seen people. Did you bring a guitar or anything? I should have. Oh, I just kind of do something a little. And we'll be doing <laughs> autographs later after this. <laughs> yeah. Todd's starting to get a little buzz. That's why you put his sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> it's giving more bread. Just drink. <laughs> I'm going to lose these, by the way. 
Do you guys have a lot of oak trees? Do you cut those down too? I was just wondering this if there's other winery. hard hitting journalism. Hard hitting questions. Uh, no, not in our neck of the woods. There's, I mean, oddly enough, it was probably cleared out at one day by the by the government used to pay for people to cut down oak trees so that they could make room for for their vineyards or other agriculture, but. Our property was already like that, so um, it was just open, and we were able to plant all open fields. There's a lot of oak trees kind of still in some areas, but they're bigger. Um, I think like you're talking about the west side, there's a lot of smaller ones and different things. And it's in, when you go to like France or Portugal, you go to these places, and they have these side hills that are just vineyards all over the place, and vineyards run along this. And I think sometimes people can get a little carried away in this area and think, oh, that's what I'm going to do. Right. And then it, they, it goes a little too far and and, and uh, it just kind of can escalate from there. So, yeah, we yeah we typically don't mess with any oak trees. And it's been like that for a while because we, we plant some vineyards in uh, Santa Barbara County and there had tougher restrictions mm -hmm. down there for a while. And... Um, so it's not really worth it to... And do you guys do the dry and or... Plus we like the oak trees kind of being oh, out absolutely. there. It has a cool view too, the whole yeah. thing with the vineyards and the oak trees around. They do, they do kind of the roots go out and they get some of the water and they do slow down the vineyards around it, but mm. it's not that big. I don't know. Yeah. And they say there's 300 wineries now in Paso? Probably, or, yeah. Now, does that include everybody in their grandma who has like a backyard, they plant like five bushes and they call themselves a winery? Is I'm that... A winery. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's people who probably have their TTD license or, or whatever license they, they need to have an operating is winery. The, so is the number? <laughs> I know. Is it, turn around. Is the number? <laughs> it's back to normal now. <laughs> I, I was like, really? Look on my face. <laughs> Sorry, Mike had a question. Yeah. No, we're we're, <laughs> we're all looking at Garrett's uh, camera angle. <laughs> Your reaction. <laughs> we're, we're streaming on our on our TV He's so we can see. But <laughs> Garrett gave us a close up of his face. Um, we're all. I heard the number oh was God. more like 358 wineries. Is that? Probably depends on that the day. Good. Yeah, I don't know. Which you know, if there's 358 wineries and you need a guitarist for your tasting room, I'm available. 300 bucks for an hour and a half show. That's cool. a pretty good deal. You can't beat it. So I'm just saying. Okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> you should have wore your uh, your website. Do you have any specials or anything coming up, or just is that your rate? That's I think that should be a buy one Dave, get one free. I mean, <laughs> buy an hour, get an hour free. Yeah, I really I'm charging 300 for the first hour. I'll throw in an extra half hour. Okay, if it's fine, you guys, you know, you're local. It's okay. So, and you do it sober, right? Um, no, well, that's part of the deal. Uh, I can't. Unlimited tastings. Uh, yes, I have to uh, have IV of wine. several bottles as well. So. <laughs> he serves at six on. There's a video that surfaced uh, of you drinking wine straight out of a bottle. Yes. At Pomar. At Pomar Junction. Pomar Junction. Pino, I think. But I don't know. Was that all staged? or was That was not. That was during a... Uh, legit. That was a small kicks gig, which uh, if you don't know what the small kicks <laughs> are, 
Uh, you should know who they are at this point. Uh, and I, we, one of our shticks as we go in the audience, and I grab people's drinks and drink them and do guitar <laughs> solos at the same time. And, uh, and people love that, it. So <laughs> they love it. Yeah. They're like, oh my god, Todd just drank my whole drink that I just paid 20 bucks for. Did you see what he just did? Did you get that on video? Yeah. <laughs> it's an honor to have your drink stolen from me, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> But and then yes. you use that, right, as your campaign, your marketing campaign right. video, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, Todd, the guitar drinking, or guitar, wine may, drinking guitar player. He may just appear out of nowhere. It has become yeah. kind of a, a bit of a Vegas act shake at this point, me going out in the audience. That's why whenever I do it, I'm like, here, I do my thing again. <laughs> it's like, I'm, 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 as I'm laying in like a pile of dirt doing like my my spasm guitar sort of thing. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'm 42. Like, is this normal behavior to be doing at this point? I don't, uh, but, they, but then you think, okay, Mick Jagger running up and down the stage at 77. Yes, but he gets old. millions of dollars a night to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll do it anyway, so I'll probably be doing it a lot in the next year or two. Mm -hmm. 10, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what are you guys picking up on this one? Anything from that wheel you've been reading? There's over something there? at the end of it that I'm trying to narrow know. down exactly what it is, and oh, I can't. Oh, the can't. minerals he was talking about. Yeah, but it's there's like, something like there. Do with all the minerals. There's a that. direct name for it, but I just can't <laughs> figure out the profile for it. I'll oh, show him that sheet over there. See what it says. If you had something, if you had to point out. to your feelings, where where are you? Feeling <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let me refresh my memory. Whites, but both of these were really Please. good. Uh, I like. Are they both in the the stainless steel? I'm no. Thank you. The difference is this this white actually is in oak barrels, but mostly neutral oak barrels, which means like they're a few years older and they're not imparting that oak flavor. So if you get a brand new barrel from uh, oak from France. You poured water in it and you kept water in there for a few months. If you went to drink it, you would taste certain flavor from that. It wouldn't just taste like water anymore. It tastes like water with this oak flavoring in it as well. So that's what kind of happens to these wines. It imparts a little bit of flavor to kind of round it out. That's a little bit of tannins too. Um, so anyways that's uh this one is is neutral oak which means they're white oak barrels that have been used several years and so they're not really imparting much flavor to it um yeah so the the viognier sometimes i'll ask our winemaker uh we use another oak or not oak the acacia uh tree from france as well that adds a little bit more of a it helps enhance the flavor profile a little bit more and so I'm not sure if it made it, if it's one of the barrels that was used for this one or not. I don't think so, but uh, it could be. How long do you use, how, like how many times do you, you use If you the keep barrel? the barrels pretty clean, you can, some wineries use them for years and years, like 20 plus years, but most of the time um, commercial wineries have to kind of move through them because they'll start to get maybe a bad bacteria in there or something oh, yeah. and off flavors. and. Our winemaker's constantly calling out barrels that he thinks are kind of affecting the wine negatively. And so he'll pull those out and then we use them for landscaping or sell them. People use them for landscaping or weddings and and uh, we we just stick with newer ones that have come in. So yeah, he uh, Jim goes through every few weeks and starts laying all the barrels down and tasting the wines and then writing on chalk on the barrel like what program he thinks it could go into, uh, if it's going to be a reserve wine, if it's going to be a regular state wine, if it's going to go into a, 
a blend or something. So we imagine constantly. that's your job, tasting the wines cool. every day. It's a tough job. I thought I had it good. <laughs> yeah. It gets better. Not. <laughs> now, with with your with your labels, do you guys do the entire library every? Well, not library, but uh, all your varietals every harvest. Most or do you guys have to space it just because I see how many bottles you guys have? Yeah, there? yeah. Most of the time, for uh, we we can do them all, or if we feel like maybe one year it's not as good a year for cab, or not as good a year for this variety, we may we may not bring any in, um, or if we say oh we made a lot last year, maybe we'll skip this year. It's a little lighter cup, and then we'll come back and do it again the next year type thing. So we do do uh, some of that. It also depends on the grape market if. If we can sell the grapes or not, and usually at Pomar it's not that difficult to sell the grapes, but it is basically a commodity, and the prices go up and down, and and you never quite know exactly what's going to happen the next year. It's and how's your harvest different. production looking for this year? It's not bad. The quality is really good. The quantity is probably a little bit lighter than usual, so I don't know if it has something to do with. The heat that we experienced there for like thirty days in a row, <laughs> long, yeah, over plus, ten, yeah. that tends to get to the vines after a while, mm -hmm. and they start to, especially in this area, the soils aren't like we don't give it a lot of fertilizer. We don't give it a lot to make it really strong and growing like kind of in the valley. We're trying to hold them back a little bit and trying to um, you know make it so they're not just all vegetative growing like crazy we're trying to get sun on it and all that and so sometimes you get too much sun and and it starts to burn those clusters mm -hmm. and you have to trim the, that out before you harvest it or when you harvest it we go through and we thin that stuff out and, and cut out some of the stuff that we don't want mm -hmm. so and it, if it doesn't ripen then you don't get that part of the crop and it can amount to tons per acre that are missing basically and there was some frost this year too mm -hmm. i think their viognier was really light in one of our blocks and that's because there was some frost in the spring and when they went through and picked and came back and went where's the rest of it and oh, we're done I'm like oh man that it was light mm -hmm. in one section and that's just because it got cold over in there at the wrong time and the and the shoots froze they looked like you know burnt asparagus they fall off and then the next shoots come out but the next shoots aren't as fruitful they have just like maybe 10 percent of the fruit or less of the original ones so wow you, you just get a very light crop and that's basically what we had like 10 percent of what we usually do out of that section of the wow. of that got frosted yeah. Is there anything you can do to prepare? Because I've heard like people running sprinklers if it's gonna. Oh yeah, definitely. Sprinklers are the the real the real way to really protect. But in an you area wouldn't. when you're and that's trying to watch, it's almost like you freeze the grape, or yeah, or you're, you know, so you're preserving yeah. the in. Or it's how does weird that because actually yeah. the water heats. The Warms water them. creates heat when it when it goes to freeze. It creates heat. It uses energy. It's crazy. It creates so many BTUs of energy, and that process of the ice constantly being created keeps what's underneath the ice uh, warm enough that it doesn't freeze the shoots and everything. Like, a, like an insulation. So it, it insulates it. The problem is like we had a vineyard out on the east side of Paso that does use sprinklers, and something happened to the power. And as the sprinklers are going, that's where you come in. 
Yeah. I've heard. You I've see? heard of a company. Uh, There's a couple. Actually, our, our what's the name of that company? Well, a friend of ours uh, who actually does all of Matt's water, uh, Mitch over at TGP. Oh right. Uh-huh. Yeah, that guy. He's got an awesome business, and I mean, a large part of his business is just frost protection for the vineyards. Yeah. Right, and it's just. Uh, Portable it, power. It's, it's at that point that the vineyards are using a lot of water because there's sprinklers mm-hmm. that are going around. Yeah. But at the same time, it's in the spring where you're supposed to be getting some rain, and rain has been rather light the past right. few years. So it's interesting because they're using the sprinklers to to protect the vines. But once the water's out there, the vines take that up. And the, there's years where we've had to do more frost protection, but which means we don't actually have to irrigate the vines for months later because there's already water in yeah. the ground from the sprinklers going. So, I mean, it's kind of like you see the dry farmed vineyards out mm-hmm. here uh, off 101. In the winter, there's pipes with sprinklers going. Yeah. So that instead of putting the water on during the summer, they're essentially putting on during the winter yeah. and then the vines live off it. and. It's still called dry farm, but it is kind of funny how you probably put out a similar amount of water just sure. at a different time of year. Yeah. So, uh, but the frost protection, yeah, the only way to really protect it is with the water and the sprinklers. And there's got to be enough water to make it. There's pulsers and there's mist things, but they so can't go down to very cold. Where, whereas with the sprinklers, you can go down to the low twenties and, and oh, still okay. be okay. And you got to keep running it until that ice thaws out and then you can turn the whole thing off. But that process of the ice freezing happens to keep it warm. And then there's there's fans, wind machines and different things, and you can run a helicopter over it just to disperse air and mix it up. But it's not as foolproof, because there's, some, there's some days where those fans can help just enough and push that warmer air down and mix the cold air okay. back up and it warms everything up. And there's some where it's just cold everywhere. We were and looking at those Sure Farms Oh yeah, those, uh, they're, those, they're low and they pull it. Yeah, I, I haven't used. There's just only a few places out here that are using them, but mm-hmm. I, I had spoken with them last year. Uh huh. Um, but they they're just in the business of selling, not renting. Oh okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't. I don't have much experience with those. They're, they're a little different because I think they draw in the cool air and try to pump it up, and right. that helps mix things compared to the mm-hmm. fans. I actually, have a fan way up high and it pushes the warm air right down. So. Um, it's a little bit different technology. One, one more question, and then I want us to taste this together for a minute. But do you know during harvest, rough numbers of how many people that you guys employ in the vineyard management side? Um, there's like overall on Central Coast, yep. I think it's around a thousand or so. A thousand people. A thousand, depending on the day. That's amazing. So if we're, we're picking two trucks, out it's like uh, 48 tons or so of fruit uh, you need a lot of people to do that so and that's partly why we have lights is so mm-hmm. start earlier in the morning mm-hmm. get a head start before it gets hot because the winery you pick all day the people get slower and slower because it's hard work and it gets hotter and hotter it's not as good for the fruit quality so then uh, you get that into the winery and it's like five o'clock at night six o'clock and there they were hoping that they're gonna get around one or yeah. something and so now they're gonna be working on it all night long and they're tired so um, that's where your lights really come in handy. A thousand but it's a lot of people, 50 people to just pick a couple truckloads when there's just 
trucks and trucks of grapes going everywhere. So that's where the machines really do the bulk of the work sure. because there's just no way you just don't even come close to having the right number of people if you had to hand pick everything. Right. It just wouldn't happen. How fast can those uh, picking machines go through how fast an acre? Um, they do it's somewhere around two and a half to three and a half miles per hour as, as they go through. Wow. Um, and they've gotten to very clean to where they go through and they can clean up the grapes cleaner than some of our winery distemmers now. So um, some of the past few years we've done experiments where we take grapes directly from the harvester it goes in, we weigh it, and dump it directly into the fermentation tank. We don't do anything else other than dump it in there. And the quality of that has actually been better than our hand-picking quality because it's just how clean it gets it straight from the vine. Get it in the right berries away. go in, it gets weighed, and it's dumped like immediately compared to it's weighed. And then it goes through this conveyor process, and then the distemmer is trying to pull it out and doesn't do quite as good a job because it's been sitting with on the rachis for the past half hour to an hour or something right. like that. It's like just, there's no rachis essentially and there's no mog materials other than grapes with these new What's harvesters. Rachis? So the, the rachis is the part, oh we don't do it, grapes, oh yeah. It's this part that's kind of like holding the grapes to the stems and stuff like that. Okay. So that's all the rachis part right here. So the grapes, when you see them, they have big old clusters and the rachis uh, you pull these grapes right off and you end up with only the grape going down and into the wine compared to all the other stuff. And the rakes, does that contribute to the tannin? It will contribute some flavor profile to it if, if it gets mixed in. So there's some wines like you'll see they're like whole cluster uh, pressed and whole cluster fermented and all that stuff and that's because they put the rakes in there and they kind of like that little, it has like kind of a green flavor profile to it. So it kind of it just depends on your tastes and, and all that and, and the method of to which they do it. But I think like Wrath wines has some like mm -hmm. that that are pretty pretty tasty. So it's always interesting to taste uh, when you're going around tasting different places and they offer something to you. I always taste it because you never know mm -hmm. what you may like, what you don't like until you try it. So we have all kinds of people that come in. Oh, I don't like Pinot. Or I don't like Merlot. I don't like this. I'm like, you haven't had ours, and you don't know mm -hmm. what ours is like. Maybe you had somebody else that does it totally differently. So yeah, that's why. That's what I recommend if you're wine sure. tasting. Okay, so if uh, did I don't even remember if we did this on the first one, but. We, we smell it and then we swish it and then we what's the smelling do no we don't see people smell we didn't do it at all we so it probably like got Let, let's do it you just, you just knock it back just no. <laughs> <laughs> let's get a straw it's usually what the bachelorette parties are there for they right. go <laughs> you get finished describing the whole thing to them and they go what's the next one they got tasted like <laughs> <laughs> jen's on like a constant bachelorette yeah. party here <laughs> yeah. my big bachelorette party here in wine country <laughs> So this, all this does is kind of help get oxygen into it and intermixed with it when you're spinning it. And then if it's a, a wine that has a lot going on, it'll start jumping out of the glass or you start to really get some aromas coming out of it. And most of your taste, you learn, what I learned at Davis when I went to the class was actual just smell. You can smell way stronger than you can actually taste. Uh, I forget what the what it was, but it's a, it's all 
even when you're tasting it and it's going down your throat, you're smelling it and getting a lot of your flavor. So that's why like, if you have a cold or something, mm. and you know, oh, I can't taste anything. It's because right, right. you can't actually smell it. Your tongue is still there. You still taste it. It's just not as good as, yeah. as smelling. Well, it's just nothing as cool as going like this with a wine is going like this. Mm-hmm. Aren't you supposed to, mm. when, you, when you take it in, like kind of aerate, like, <laughs> like aerate it a little bit? Some people do. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of depends on how snobby you want to be and all that. <laughs> there <but> it is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I mean, so there like, it is. It doesn't really Jen's help me. Like, like, no, yourself. I've seen no. people, I've seen oh, people mean, with their whole those, nose uh, in there, like. The cancer, or what are those airways? How do you that? Oh, yeah. Well, no, those like help too. Those are actually legit things. Well, she's saying, like, even in your mouth, people are like, Maybe that helps yeah, them figure out what Because I have a friend who, who uses one of those decanters every time he has wine. I'm like, seriously, you, you need to do that. I don't know if you need but it apparently, time, but apparently, you do. It does help. Apparently, you do Teddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I the difference with the aerator. A little bit of oxygen. You, Teddy. You. I can tell the difference. I believe you, definitely. It helps open it up a little faster. Do they still use those? You actually like the vin, the vineator, vineator, oh, yeah. Or, or, yeah. Those well, something. Is the vin, whatever it's called. Right, and then you you pour you pour the wine through, and it's like and it circles through. Like a yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. People I heard that really you can fast, turn though. a stale bottle of wine into a new bottle of wine by putting it in a blender. Is that? <laughs> Uh, I think that's anything that's to that? If you, if you if you drank enough wine, I think that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it once. I'm like, I can't really tell. Just get a whisk. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whip that wine up. Like, what do you mean? Like, not like, like I don't know. Like people that just drink half, they put it on top of their fridge, and they're like, oh, I'll have the other half tonight. Which I don't understand. How do you have half left? But um, yeah, don't. But do that. apparently, I've done that. I have done that in my former years. We're like, oh, and then it's like, this doesn't taste quite as good as it did two nights ago. And then someone online said, oh, put it in a blender. And uh, I tried it, and it, I don't know. <laughs> tastes like someone online. Still you tasted. actually Googled <laughs> how to make it. It was, it was Mason. Was okay, I'll say it. It, was <laughs> it tasted <laughs> like was it your frothy? last movie. It was tasted exactly the same, actually. So they're, they were it trying to. It could possibly aerate it, I guess. But <laughs> it's like, hey, wow. wine hack, put your stale wine in a blender. It'll taste it's good as new. And I'm like, oh, cool. Let me try. It's good as new. <laughs> Who's no, the source? Not yeah. quite. Um, oh, man. You're in trouble. You already read it out, Mason. Oh. It's Mason. Okay. <laughs> then no, it was, he got it from somewhere else. It's a, it's I a, do have good. Then when we hold the glass, we hold the stem. You want to look at the color? Well, yeah, you're supposed to be <laughs> stem, looking at the color and all that. We hold the stem because we don't want the heat of our hand to heat up the Influence wine. Influence it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It, but that you could also do that if it's too cold. People go, oh, it's too cold. And they, yeah. they do that and warm it up type thing. So, oh. Yeah. So and then, like, I'm drinking hot chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> the one that I've always been is uh, with the legs, how, what that represents. Uh, usually that's just the viscosity of the wine. That can be an indicator of somewhat of quality, but not 100%. It does, people really, uh, it's just how thick and, you know, viscosity, how much viscosity there is on the wine. So uh, it can be an indicator of, of some, you know, the high-end flavor, but not always. Sometimes it's green and not quite flavorful enough or overripe. It's like port, so it's it's not a hundred percent. But it doesn't have anything to do with like alcohol content or anything like that, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Just so the cheese plays doesn't have pepperoncinis. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. mm. 
Got away for a second. The so, video ended. And this is what we're drinking so what right now? now. Yeah. This is what? A, bringing it back up. Yeah. Is this a newer one? This is a new one. It's a new redesigned label. It's our it's our rosé, but we call it Cote de Pomar rosé. It um, this one's eighty two percent Syrah, thirteen percent Morvedre, five percent Viognier. So the Syrah we pick it with the intention of making it straight into rosé. So you kind of get it in, crush it up, let it sit on the skins, and and see uh, what kind of color we're getting out of it. And once we feel like we got the right amount of color, then we take it to the press and press all the juice out, and and then discard the skins. And then that's what leaves you with this this color. If it stayed on the skins for days on end, then it would look dark and it would be red wine. But since we got the skins off of it, it just imparted a little bit of flavor to it with a lot of the juice. And then also the Morvedre, uh, that's regular red wine, but we signate off a little bit of juice on the early stages before it got a lot of color, and then put that into this as well. So hmm. kind of two different techniques of rosé uh, kind of put into one, mostly mostly the, uh, the normal uh, with the Syrah, but we also signate off, which is bleeding some of that juice off that before it has too much color essentially with regards to that how do you guys screen out the the skins once they're in there and it, and it will pull them oh, to get all of them out there's uh well as far as the syrah when we're doing the skins we actually press it and press the juice and get all the juice out and mm -hmm. it goes out of our air bladder press and into uh, the tank to settle and then um for the morvedre it's just like a a, a different thing on the tank that you open up and then juice can come out. Some technical, technical stuff. Pretend that's not happening. Oh, sorry. No, no, yeah. Continue. Technical Instagram difficulties sucks. over there. Yeah, we, uh, uh, we lost our Instagram feed. Oh my god. We've been hmm. running too long. We're gone. He's on. We were controversial. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Checking fitness. My puppy can't see me. I'm I must go. What's wrong with you? We, we've been censored. Instagram's back on. Okay. Oh my god. Okay, good. Censored. <laughs> so, when you guys press them, though, something I said? what do you guys do with the, with the left? Do you guys disc that back into the vineyard? Yeah, we Does put it, it in a pumice pile. And then the let beer. it kind of <laughs> sit out for a while, and then we'll disc it back in, put it back out to the vineyard. And all that, so it kind of goes I have back to ask, out. You already know the answer to all these questions. No, I just okay. it's just getting an idea. No, I have theories. I have questions that I like to ask when I have access to somebody who's in the winery. No, those are good. I see a lot of these. I you you as a consumer, you just drink wine. You just assume that it's all there. You don't realize how much goes into it. Well, there is. Yeah, that's there's a lot of like, and it's a lot. We just take it for granted that the wine's just going to be there, but always. But like for me, it's it's like he said, where when you're in a tasting room or something, you see someone from someplace else who's sitting there and doing all these things for me it's like taste it either like it or you don't like it right, right. there's a chance that you might develop a, a profile and you'll enjoy it but mm -hmm. everybody's is different just because this person takes butter and lobster right. you might taste cranberry and something Which else maybe something like uh, that it's they always. particularly like that someone else doesn't just yeah like but when they try to you make somebody like biased towards a wine that always irritates question. Why is this wine better than that one? Mm -hmm. right. Why, honestly, why do you go to some wineries and they're charging over a hundred bucks? And then there's the, the, the people that are, oh, this is so good. 
Because <laughs> they're from. It's kind of like going to I was there. like, well, you like to waste your money. There I mean, could be a lot. I mean, there's Are you a one of those? No. lot of money to go and put these, build these wineries and plant yeah. the vineyard. It takes five plus years where you start getting your crop, and then they're doing a lot of handwork and they have these special tanks, and it sits in there for, for a number of years. So, I mean, basically they need to be charging that to get back for the volume of their sales um, especially around here it's still kind of smaller they, they kind of need to be charging that much to try to get back what what they put into it all so yeah it's like if you're going straight to the tasting room and it costs a little more sometimes it's like 11 bucks a glass it's kind of like going to the movies and charging 10 mm -hmm. bucks for a coke we all pay it though, right? <laughs> it's like, sure, I'll take it. But yeah, it's it's, it, it's how the tasting room is pretty much, I heard this with breweries too, that's the majority of where their income comes from. Yeah, so your revenue streams, you have your, your club membership, you have your tasting, right. you have your consumer regular, consumer. consumers coming in, tasting room, and then like offs, like distributors mm -hmm. or brokers and things like that, so. Yeah, but the broker or the distributors, it's they, they buy it and then they mark it up and then it goes to a store and then they mark it up and so it's got to be a pretty low price for them to start with or else it's going to be priced out of the market and so if you want it to be competitive then you need to give it to that distributor for a pretty good price and but you can sell a lot more that way than if you have a few people coming to your taste room during the day and you sell like five bottles right you just sold like 50 cases to this distributor yeah so kind of it's almost like promotion too i remember it is promotion. somebody said that about six packs and all these like local breweries six packs are basically like business cards they're just like mm -hmm. they're not really making money off of it they're just like here we're out there and the real money is yeah made from the rooms itself that's how a lot of wineries who do do the distribution it's kind of a way i mean for us even if we have it down at a restaurant in la it's crazy how people are going oh we're gonna go on a little trip we'll go up to paso they walk right in they join the wine club before they even really taste anything else it's just because they're so pumped because they had a really good dinner and a really good glass mm -hmm. of Viognier down in la and they're all ready to go so right. it's kind of part of the whole thing right there hopefully you get people back to the tasting room and and you know buying other wines besides that one that they had at dinner do you guys ship or is it pickup only for your wine club we ship we ship a lot and we do overseas i bet as well a little bit but not really for nobody in our club but we do have a distributor like in japan that buys a yeah, little they bit the not a lot, california wines are huge in Along it depends on <laughs> how big of a winery you are and what kind of contacts you have, essentially. So we do have some wine in Japan, but not a lot. And I think there's there's others probably that have better connections or import. Or they work with exporters, importers, and all that. How many cases do you guys make total? Like, like 8,000 or so. Depends on the year. Somewhere around 8,000, though. Now, with the hotter season like you guys had this year, Mm-hmm. What would you say the yield this year is compared to what you got last year when we had a wet, wet season? Um, it was Difference. Well, difference give or wet sort of makes a difference. It does help. Um, but I don't know. We must be at least 30% less than we were wow. last year on a lot of this stuff. So part of it has to do with how hot it was. Part of it has to do with frost. I mean, just Mother Nature just kind of, mm -hmm. you never know how it can get you. You can only be so proactive. We hosted, she just like, like we hosted the Earth Day Food and Wine Festival 
and that year a week before the festival we got like the worst frost we've ever seen out at that area it's just kind of a storm that started off near alaska and then went right down the coast and threw some cold air up here after it had been warm so the shoots were already growing and the cold air just fried a lot of our varieties out there like this well the early ones like pinot noir and beignet got fried so didn't they say it's gonna know. rain like mm. October second and third or something like that? I hope so. It's possible. Are you guys standing out there with towels? <laughs> no, no. Uh, most of the varieties in Paso do pretty well with rain, and usually it gets breezy or it gets warm and it dries out afterwards. Mm. It's kind of that prolonged rain where it's just mm. kind of cold for a week, where you start to get botrytis and mildew and wow. stuff growing out of control out there, and you spend all year there's a regimen that you put on to keep it from happening and so if you if it's very clean out there then you shouldn't have much of a problem if you do have a little bit of mildew and you get some rain it can blow it up so the whole goal is to try to keep it as clean as possible out there. okay I'm looking at the time it's 2:40, and uh, we should probably just talk about what's happening in wine country while we continue to taste yeah, yeah. right so Palmar Junction's having what are we opening red well, I like yeah, I'm gonna do a Grenache since it's Grenache Day. Because yeah, I like it. And you like it. Pomar is having the AJM band. Yeah, I waited. AJM band. AJM band tomorrow night in 5.30-ish. 5.30, 8.30. 5.30 to 8.30 at yeah. Pomar Junction. Yeah. Tomorrow? Trainwreck Friday. Actually today. Oh. Yeah, Bring your lawn chair. You don't need to, though. They have picnic tables. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we got a lot of picnic tables you, out there. You guys have food out there? We do have food. So Are you guys taco promoting? This somewhere except for this it's everywhere everyone yes. knows about train wreck yeah. if you, you don't know the train wreck Friday except you I'm, I am a train wreck that's probably why there's a postcard I yeah. didn't know that's why I don't know 2009 I think 2009 yeah oh. that was the first that was the first year of train wrecks so. <laughs> yeah so we do uh, every first and third Friday of the month April through October bunch of different usually rock and roll bands sometimes a little country-ish but um fun bands for people like concerts in the park type thing except for sometimes, sometimes lots of weird wine. like the small kicks yeah. sometimes some weird do you guys do like small, small kicks, kicks. I'll go with yeah, the small kicks yeah we've had the small kicks out there yeah that worked great yeah mm-hmm all right um let's see what else is going on in wine country two stepping under the stars it's a scholarship fundraising event it's happening at the harris stage lines um it's a women in business event uh have you been out this harris stage lines before anyone yeah it's fun is that north river road Uh uh-huh okay um but it's hosted by the Paso robles chamber of commerce for women in business um that is Tonight. Oh, I wanted to do that tonight. $45, $45 for members and 55 general, but I did hear it sold out. Oh. Yeah. Uh, let's well, see that here. that doesn't have to stop you. No. Nope. You just, just show it. up. Just yeah, just it. show up. There's, uh, they don't have good security at those places. <laughs> Probably have some old lady scalpers in the parking lot. <laughs> Get your tickets in. <laughs> like yes, it is. Is today the 21st? Yes. yes. Truxton Mile. We'll be uh, performing um, Ooh, Tooth and Nail. Mm. Like Tooth that. and Nail? Uh-huh. It says, it says Friday Night Live. First Castle on the right. It says September 21st. <laughs> I'm assuming that's tomorrow. Oh, we Oh, okay. Uh, the Jammies are playing. Oh, they're fun. We're at Robert Hall. The Jammies. They're a fun local band. 
Uh, let's see. Sip and craft. Wine and whiskers. Pet portraits. I wanted to paint pictures of my dog. Todd will be there. <laughs> <laughs> Your goldfish. That's going to be my portraits. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's at Broken Earth Winery. Um, and I have goals and aspirations of actually putting all these events on our website or some kind of I'll site. I'll do that for you. Um, thank you. I, yeah. I, I'd like That'll to do something. I got her on video. I'll but do I'm it. Not, she's she's committed know. to it now. <laughs> I'm pulling these right now off of PasoWine.com. Uh, Slider Fridays and Saturdays at Rangeland Wines. Where's Who's that? been to Rangeland in Templeton? I have Templeton? not been to Rangeland. What is it? They, don't they what have a... Um, is it at their tasting room? <laughs> it says they're tasting room they, in Templeton. They sell their wines, don't they, over here at the... The uh, Clava? It's my new profile. The, the nursery. Subtile hashtag. Winning. Nature's Touch. Do they still have it at Nature's Touch? Oh, my God. To look it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we talked about two stepping. Uh, Roan Rangers International Grenache Day tasting. That's today. Um, Niner Wine Estates is having the International uh, Grenache Day tasting. Today. I thought it was pronounced Niner. Oh. Niner. <laughs> Assumption Ridge is having uh, live music with uh, Moonplay, which is a uh, two guitarists and singers, uh, female vocalist. They play 40s standards. Assumption Ridge, is 40s. that obviously out by a Tascadero somewhere? I'm not sure. I haven't or is that behind... That's at my house. I think it's behind Pomar. <laughs> yeah. or mm -hmm. Limited house? demographic. Because <laughs> it comes up on the map. Yo, what is that? <laughs> it was like a church or something. <laughs> Assumption, you're 40s Googling it. Now. Yeah. yeah. 40s is the new, right, like, the new 90s. It, it always, new, there's uh, like a big dot new, right uh, on the house. 2010s. <laughs> Um, let's see. Harvest Pig Roast mm. at Niner Estates tomorrow night. Outdoor dinner celebration in our Olive Grove. They're throwing the ultimate outdoor barbecue. Okay. Um, there's a 20th anniversary gala at Rochelle Vineyards this tomorrow night. And then we have at Vina Robles at the main stage amphitheater, Sebastian Maniscalco. Maniscalco? Maniscalco. He's live in concert at uh, Vina Robles. I think you just, you just you sold an extra 10 tickets. Yeah. The guy who sings that thing that you, that you probably like, just, just go thing, go enjoy yeah, it. The, the thing over there. Mm -hmm. Sunset Soiree for Piedras Blancas Light Station at Harmony Cellars. That's tomorrow night. Uh, member appreciation at Onyx or ONX? How do we Onyx. say that? Onyx. Onyx wines, good. They had that hit in the 90s. I like that. Slam. 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 Let the boys be boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no? That's a good film. Wow. I gotta text the shirt. Barman, get these guys out of here. Here's a in the Onyx right now. Michael Keeney is performing at Peachy Canyon. I uh, loved him in Batman. So we love the, we love the people at Peachy. <laughs> we grew up with them. Um, Derby, let's see, Derby Wine Estates. Oh my God. They are doing a end of summer party, garden party tomorrow, um, and then lots of other events going on. I mean, it's getting close to. Hey, don't weekend. forget that Central Coast Pro Tennis Open at Templeton Tennis Ranch, my home. What? So, what, yeah. so talk about it. It's it's one of the large. Well, it is besides. A couple others. <laughs> we we get nothing like this in California. I mean, 
this time of year at least. Well, explain what it is. So we're basically having a boatload of women pro tennis players. Is Serena going to be there? Serena is not going to. She doesn't feel good. Uh, no. <laughs> so they're basically ranked probably high 40s up to about 200. But still, you're talking mm -hmm. about the whole country. That's pretty good. I'm 301. <laughs> Are you really? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm like 3 million and one. Yeah. <laughs> Just missed Yeah. So um, that's actually, they're starting some play tomorrow, but um, you can buy tickets um, like a week past there. They're having um, a bunch of different things. So you, you're going to have to go to TTR.com, TempletonTennisRanch.com. Tennis Ranch. The Tennis Ranch. Be there. It is an awesome place. <laughs> I love that place. I'm there a lot. So you got that endorsement. Yeah. You should go. I'm there a lot, Ralph. <laughs> and by the way, this, this graphic right here was used on Mr. Big's second album. No, it wasn't. It was. Just a little fun fact. Mr. Big. Oh. Is that like, oh, Stop it. You remember Mr. Big? You yes. Yeah. Something? Yes. Uh, Mr. Big yeah. was from Sex and the City, I thought. He was oh also God. from Sex and the City. Okay. <laughs> See, I mean, oh, no, Mr. Big was on Wings World. Wings World. I don't watch that. He was also from Wings World. Bring it back in. We're tasting the next wine. I don't have time to watch TV. What do we taste? You don't have the next wine yet, though. I just drink it. You have the rosé still. I'm dumping mine. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, well, you, haven't you haven't tried that. We're trying the Grenache. Remember this from when you drank day. the Haveron peer pressure to you into drinking more? Yes. <laughs> why did, why did people feel the need to drink that? Is that 100% Grenache? It's 100%. It's a little bit, if you look at it, it's not oh. as dark as, no. as, as other reds, it's but it has a lot of, it has an intense flavor though to it. Which is very it's, surprising. It's I was expecting something. Looking at it, you're thinking maybe almost rosé, dark rosé, but it's it's really intense for yeah. what you have. It um takes some more. It's more on the tobacco-y, leathery, yeah, oregano <laughs> side of things. So yeah, a lot of oregano, leather, Hobby tobacco. Tobacco. What kind of tobacco? Like skull. Skull. Bandit or just regular? I think that's skull winter mint. Lights there's a <laughs> there's an heirloom tomato festival going on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Oh, Windrose Farm. You know what I'm heirloom about? tomatoes, folks. Oh, okay. Heirloom heirloom tomatoes. tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Don't knock the heirloom tomatoes. They're good. Shut up. Uh, no, is everyone like a good like tomato Post sandwich? Yeah. Post Malone, Malone Winery. Yeah. Thank you. I love Post Malone. It's a kayak. Loma Drone is very fun, by the way. They are. They're good wines. Kayak tour. That'd be fun. Kayak tour happening September 22nd or September 29th. Uh, dinner or lunch on the dune strip, possibly the most unique kayak Is trip. Is that both dates? Uh, Lone Madrone Wine other. Kayak Tour. It looks, like you, it looks like you do one or the other. 22nd. Yeah, let's click on it. Or they're not sure if it'll be the 22nd or the 29th. Oh, please, I think oh, they have two I want to get in a kayak. It's on there. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Morro Bay. Kayaking in Morro Bay. Late afternoon on the 22nd and the 29th. Uh, let's see here. If you guys are interested, go to Lone Madrone's website or call 238-0845. Let's call him right now on speakerphone. Fire away. That's okay. <laughs> uh, Barrel House Brewing Company has uh, Oktoberfest. Saturday, September 22nd, 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Tomorrow. Uh, let's see here. Who is playing Bear Market Riot? Yes. And JD Project. 
There's like yeah, there's like these certain bands that you just see everywhere and Bear know, Market Ride is there's very a reason active. for that and they're one of them. So I actually I really think I actually think we, we might get them on the show. Yeah. To play they like an acoustic set. Yeah. Let mm-hmm. me know when that's gonna I'll happen because I will be there. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a groupie. I'm just I enjoy the music. Isn't there a fundraiser? There's a fundraiser denim and diamond. For two guy bands. That's tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Are you going? Profit margin on that band. To watch him, especially if they have no manager or something. Yeah, they'll they'll be playing. They're the live entertainment. Oh, are there? Yes. I've always I had one. Can we talk about tomorrow night at the Hummingbird House, please? Yes. Where 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 is the band? Take a number. We're gonna be at the Hummingbird House, and this is this is a private thing, right? It's a fundraiser. Anyone can come. Buy a ticket. Okay, Hummingbird House is this place um, out Homar? It's near it. It's real close. Somewhere out there yeah. in that area by Mike's house. Near all the, all Mike's address, by the way, if you want to stop by his house. <laughs> is, uh, no. um, Hummingbird Please. House. I actually went there and scoped out the property. It's this, it's, it's a house. Then there's like a pond. There's like geese. And there's like a stage that's set up. It's really pretty. And the small kicks are playing. The nice. small kicks. We don't hardly ever play Oops. anymore. And you know that when we do play a show, are you gonna it's choose a lucky person to drink their wine? Or? I'm gonna drink several people's wines. <laughs> if if you want to personally message wine. me and have me drink your wine, it's a hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, uh, but I will steal your wine in the middle of a guitar solo. Mm-hmm. And um, we also have a DJ and um, and there's alcohol. Yeah. What more do you need? Don't yeah. forget addition. Twenty dollars, you'll autograph a napkin for him. I yes, and uh, I'll <laughs> flip over your table. So th- that benefits the uh, Templeton Education Foundation. It's um, a fundraiser for. It's the parent-teacher organization, right, right? of Templeton Schools. At Templeton Schools, so mm-hmm. excited to be a part of that. Um, open mic night at Le Fondusac. Mm-hmm. Is it Le Fondusac or Le Fondusac? I'm not sure. It's whatever you um, want. Le Fondusac. Sunday, September 23rd. Uh, that's a cool venue. Where? It's, it's pretty Le Fondusac. Oh. It's down Le in Tin City. I have been there once. Yes, at at the nice. end of the yeah deal. Uh, what else is going on? Tomato Festival dinner Sunday September twenty third. There's always some kind of festival going on. At there's Paso. always. I think I saw every day's a, a festival. There was an air festival. Every like we're, we're we're celebrating air now. <laughs> Wasn't that dirt festival? <laughs> like what is this? <laughs> uh, free run Great Fridays sight. concert. Let's see here. The Note. The Note. Tom Jarrett's band. It's like that <laughs> That's not real. <laughs> that can't be real. You're just no, making this up. News. Fake Rock, news. Robert Hall Winery. The, <laughs> Hey. Noak Tangaras Band. <laughs> they, they are watching it right now and they're like, Dave, what's your name? It's an Americana oh Roots band. That almost spit out my nose. That actually sounds good. <laughs> that actually does sound pretty cool. Influence of folk, country, rock, and blues. That's Mike Ray written all over it. That's, I'm going to go to their website. We're going to stream some of their music right now. Oh my god. I don't even know if this is remotely legal. This is a... <laughs> This is improv right now. I think because this is you a can free do whatever promotion, you want. I don't believe there's any copyright infringement. Actually, I don't know if I could stream it because I'm recording on my computer uh, at the same time. Who's we got the phone? Try Let's try it. Todd, Google it. Uh, what is this now? The Noak. The Noak. Noak Tangaras. I think it's Noak, like Roach. All right, let's see. Replace the Anglican R. And where's your wireless speaker? What is that a pig noise? What is that? Oh my gosh! Give me a call. Everything. The Noak changes, man. Boom! I got it. And stream it. I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna stream it. You're gonna stream it. Okay. Hey. Are you gonna stream it or stream it? <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Boom. Streaming of a stream. Of a stream. 
Sorry. Of another street okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wait, that's your song. That's your song. <laughs> Zoom in. Next. What? Yeah. Where's the American guy's talent bump buzzer? <laughs> Harmonizing. They actually sound good. They, they do sound good. good. And you guys should show up. I think there's people for Not every busy. kind of music. I'll be watching the small kicks. <laughs> I, you know, I listen to Slayer, so that's my... That's, <laughs> mm. Snake. Molly Crew. All right, I do listen to Snake. Seven minutes left. Let's talk um, real quick. Pomar Junction, what does it mean to be SIP certified? SIP certified. Oh, SIP certified. Oh, it's a uh, sustainable right now. Sustainability in practice, which is, uh, we're just trying to promote sustainable vineyard management practices. It's, it's kind of like organic, but more all-encompassing where you take into fact uh, the workers' well-being with like 401k, insurance, stuff like that. Also, um, you know, erosion control and irrigation and all that type of stuff is all intermixed with it. So, like we had an organic block that was... Uh, we had some leaf hoppers in there, and so we sprayed some crushed chrysanthemums. Essentially, it's called Pyganics, mm. and it, it unfortunately annihilated everything in that block. Oh, it killed really? like ladybugs. It killed every so the whole ecosystem was just kind of knocked out of whack. And it's it's organic, so people kind of think it's softer, but actually it was very harsh. Uh-huh. And so since then, we switched over to the SIP program, at least at that vineyard, and. Um, and, and the next year when another outbreak was bound to happen, which it did because it was just years of it not being controlled before we, we bought the property, uh, we sprayed a particular type of product that only hits the leaf hoppers, and then we also used um, glassy wings, or not glassy wings, but uh, green lace wings out there to help kind glassy of Glassy wing sharpshooters? Glassy wings, <laughs> not what we want to use. <laughs> That's what we're trying to keep out. Uh, we use uh, you know biological methods, and then also the methods of the um, with the SIP program with the the chemicals that are synthetic, but they're very safe, and it really knocked them out. And since then, we've had more of a ecosystem that takes care of itself, where you know the the, the right bugs are there to feed on those leafhoppers, and they keep it from getting out of control. So that's kind of the whole goal is to have the an ecosystem, kind of something. There's got to be some leaf hoppers for those things to eat, but not an outbreak to where it's just like killing the vines and making the fruit quality go bad. So. And you guys have your own, um, I don't know the term for them, not insectologist, but person who's, like who's P- able to PCA, marry, marry like that. A and pest control advisor that goes through, yeah, I, mean, so I went through and did all the the classes at Cal Poly and all that stuff, but there's a person that actually goes out and walks the fields and then they check, they look up behind leaves and they see, like they count how many either nymphs or adults or eggs or stuff like that are on there. And then they can start to decide like, oh, look, there's some eggs. And, and we need to introduce two this. Weeks, two weeks later, like, oh, there's nymphs flying around. Like, what are we going to do about it? Is it something where we can put this biological control out? Is mm-hmm. it going to control itself? Or do we need to step in before it becomes a full-on outbreak? And so now, using that as your method, does that lean you towards, um, what's it called? Not partial organic, but because you aren't using pesticides? Well, we still use some pesticides, but it's they're but it's not, very not. Uh, reduced down on the safer level. They're synthetic, so they're not organic. 
but they're very non-toxic, safe kind of particular pesticide that will only affect a particular pest, essentially. So, and so SIP or SIP certified mm -hmm. is um, only for the Central Coast, or is it? No, they actually have wineries all over. I think the U.S. and maybe even beyond now. So, and it started here on the Central Coast. The it vineyard with team, the Central Coast Vineyard team. Uh, with uh, my dad was one of the founding members, and um, when we was with Robert Madavi. Robert Madavi was a founding member. And they're just trying to push because a lot of wine labels had, you know, sustainability, you know, sustainably produced, but it really meant nothing. So they're trying to push to find a way for it to mean something. Mm -hmm. So they didn't degrade the value of the word sustainability sure. and sustainably produced. So And then the vineyard team, I was at a function last year where they actually awarded scholarships College scholarships to employees right. of of Mesa. Right. right. There's yeah. another girl that goes to UCLA. That mm -hmm. Her dad worked with him for a while. He still works at Mesa right now. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, they help do fundraisers and have scholarships to to help send off the youth of the people who are out there and working cool. in the vineyards. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What did you do? Hey, that would have stuck did to the you board. Did you lick it? <laughs> no. Mm -hmm. Did you lick it? I did not see that coming. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, see, right here. Uh, that's the one I did. You would have had that. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, parting words. Yes. Uh, what What is your favorite thing to do on a perfect wine country weekend? Ah, perfect wine country. What's your perfect wine country weekend? Well, that's this whole area here. This is pretty much what I do every weekend, which is um, I hang out uh, with my wife. We go to Pappy's and we get drunk in the middle of the day. And <laughs> then we go to the movies. And then, um, and then we go home and we watch a horror film and we drink wine. And then on an even better day, though, I will come to Mike's office and hang out here and have tons of cheese right. on camera. So that's even better. So right. this is probably the best weekend so far. Jen, your wine country weekend consists of what? You know, I just, I think it's fun just to be able to wake up and say, hey, let's hit like three or, you know, it always starts with three wineries and it always gets More to like maybe a four. Well, no, not that. Yeah, no. we, we need a child that that's can drive. Right. So... Luckily, luckily I have set. a responsible husband who is like, okay. But, yeah, so, you know, Which I mean, where birthday. else can you go and just pick stuff? Yeah, happy birthday, hon. Oh, wow. But where else can you live? I mean, well, besides Napa Valley, but, I mean, this is awesome. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, and I'm hanging out here every day. Uh, <laughs> there's always Perfect. something and there. There's He's always like, call the cops now. rooms and different events going on at Paso. Yeah. So. The question yeah. for you is... Matt Merrill, Pomar Junction, if you could choose between one to either make it or drink it, what would you do? What, oh. one variety? That's no, no. Question. What? If, what, if you wine? had a choice to either make wine or drink wine. You're either a vintner uh, or a taster. So if you make it, you can't drink it? I'm just, that's the question. I get I to ask Make it. it so you can drink it. I like making it. <laughs> make it so you can do the farming and then doing the making the wine. I mean, I don't. I can't drink make it wine, but I don't. I don't drink a lot, a lot of wine. So, well, just yeah. so you know. And that's how I started. Uh, before I was 21, obviously I didn't drink, and uh, I went into farming.
charming, and I didn't know if I was ever going to like wine. Yeah. I just knew how to manage vineyards and, and do that stuff. I just didn't know a lot about wine at the time. So I remember at 25, I discovered wine. Uh, before that, I was like, why? It wasn't yeah, it was 14. But then I was like, damn, <laughs> I love oh. some Boone Hill. Boone Farm. Don't knock right. the Boones. It's 3 o'clock. <laughs> uh, we've no. officially gone an hour and a half, 90 minutes for our first episode. We should Booyah! Have six hours. What's happening, wine country? Thank you so much for joining us. Guys. Yeah! <laughs> Todd, you're going to edit this and make sure we get the podcast up. I'm going to what now? Yeah, exactly. Oh, and create a uh, create a theme song and graphics. So we got cool things going on. And that's it. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Uh, There you have it. I hope you enjoyed the very first episode of What's Happening in Wine Country. My name is Mike Brady from Wine Country Rents. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can email me at mike at winecountryrents.com, or you can even send me a text or a phone call at 805-610-3286. Thank you.